But you've got to get rid of this religious pretense thing. Because religion is ugly, man. Religion is like the corpse that they put makeup on before they show it in the coffin. It's dead. It doesn't matter how pretty you make it look, it's still dead. There is no life in religion. And we've got to pop religion out. All of this false responsibility and pretense and how you're supposed to act and all of that's a mess. It's got to flow from your heart. And if it doesn't flow from you naturally, then you're faking it. And it's not going to stand. It's not going to hold up. You truly need a breakthrough in the heart. You need your heart to be cleansed. Because if you don't get your heart clean, you're going to run back to the alcohol. You're going to run back to the drugs. You're going to run back to that lifestyle. Because that's the only thing that can satisfy what you're carrying. It's actually the fruit of what you're carrying. That lifestyle is actually the fruits of what's been rooted in you. And what we have to do today is we have to go to the seeds that are producing destruction and uproot the whole tree and throw it on the fire and burn it. You have to destroy the tree. You can't manage the fruit. You can't medicate the fruit. You have to murder that thing. You have to burn it. You have to destroy it. Because they're strongholds. They're plantings of the enemy on the inside of you. And we've got to get rid of it. Can I get an amen? amen? And that's why we need the power of the Holy Ghost. Because the Holy Ghost is the only one that can do that. In my own strength, no matter how well I preach with gifting and whatever, it doesn't work. You have to let the Spirit of God flow to do what only the Spirit of God can do. Amen? So you don't need dry religious church where we're just going, you know, Scripture by Scripture. No, you need an encounter. You need to encounter the Scripture that I want to talk to you about so that you can get free. Amen? So I started this Eternal Life series because in the month of May, end of April, the Lord began to really, He actually gave me a revelation of how, He gave me a revelation of the importance of the role of the man in the household. It just hit me one day. I wasn't asking the Lord for a man's ministry, trust me. It's not on my radar. But the Lord showed me the importance of the male figure in the household. And it just woke up in me somewhere around the end of April. And then all of a sudden I realized we have to launch a men's ministry so that we can teach men the principles that they need from the Word of God so that they can be the foundation in the home. See, a home without a foundation, any wind that blows will take the house down. And the word uh, husband is actually from two words, house, bond, keeps the home together. So there's no man in the house, the house falls apart. So the duty of the husband is to keep the home together. It's not the wife's duty, it's the man's duty. It is Father's Day. So it's important that we teach men these principles because um, fathers are the role models in the home uh, that children look to for identity, instruction, discipline, 
confidence, security, and protection. And so when the man isn't there, he leaves the family unprotected, fearful, and at the mercy of life circumstances. So it's not just the ability to reproduce. It's the ability to be a father, to be a husband in the household. And those are roles that you have to understand what they are. But you cannot enter into that role as a husband or a father until you are in the right position. Because in the household, there's different positions. And the man has been placed at the foundation in the home. He's not at the top of the home. Men think, well, I'm the man. I'm at the top. You serve me. No, you're actually at the bottom. You're supposed to serve your family. That's how you keep your home together. So the man in the household, we're talking about life in your family right now. There's a life that comes to your household. And if the man isn't a priest in the household, there's no presence in the house. Genesis chapter 2, when the Lord God (laughs) made the earth... And the heavens, neither wild plants nor grains were growing on the earth. For the Lord God had not sent rain to water the earth, and there were no people to cultivate the soil. Uh, It hit me this week, I was actually cleaning the four-wheelers and the ATVs, putting into practice the principle that I taught on Wednesday night, management. Got to manage the stuff God gives you. And so I'm like, these things, if they don't get cleaned... They're going to be destroyed because I don't know if you saw what we did to them. So while I'm practicing the principle of management, because you've got to practice what you preach. The Lord starts talking to me that mankind, he created mankind as builders. That we build things. Look at the person next to you and tell him that you're a builder. But the foundation that you have to lay before you build is the Word of God and Christ Jesus Himself. You cannot build on any other foundation. So when you have Christ as your foundation, as a man, God wants you to build things. Build a family. Build a business. God wants you to build things. And when you find your purpose for what you're called to build, he brings the helpmate alongside to help you build what he's planned in the kingdom. But you're not going to find your purpose until you come into the presence. And you're not going to come into the presence until you give him your heart, and then you get your heart clean. And as you start changing your lifestyle, now you begin to encounter the Father. And as you encounter the Father, he shows you who he is and the plans and purposes He has for your life. It's very simple. This is how our Heavenly Father treats us, and this is how we're supposed to treat our children. You see, as a father, when Blade was young, the Lord, I was praying for him. He was sleeping. He was five years old. He was sleeping. I was standing in the doorway just thanking the Lord for my son, and I'm just praying for him. And while I'm praying for him, I have a vision. And in the vision, I see a crown get put on his head 
between the ages of 12 and 13. And I knew that the Lord was crowning him with wisdom. And when he turned 12, uh, I think we went to Trinidad that year or no, maybe after that. But around 12, things began to change. And his, his whole life, he began to discover things and he woke up to some things when he was 12 years old. And he became disciplined. Like there was a discipline that came to his life. And the Bible says that wisdom brings discipline. So that was evidence that the wisdom of God was being put on him. Because now he was disciplined to do things. that he takes. He's so particular about everything that he does. Because it's the wisdom of God working in him to do things in a certain way. Right? But through the years, I had now something to pray over him. And I would declare, Father, I thank you that when Blade is 12 years old until 13, that you're going to crown him with, with wisdom. Right? So as a father, as a priest, before God, I am now starting to see things in the Spirit for my children. And now I'm praying in line with the will of God for their lives. So that they step into it. Misty as well, she sees things. Like at the beginning of a year, the Lord will show her something about one of our kids, and then she'll tell our kids, this is what the Lord's getting ready to do in your life, and we'll see it unfold, and we'll see it happen. So as a husband and a wife, in the household before God as one, building your family, building the kingdom and the things God has for you, with Jesus at the foundation, the Lord begins to reveal things to you. And family, this is the way to build. It's not built on arguing and strife and you did this and you did that. and We need this and look at them and look at that. And he said this to me and they did that to me. And I can't believe what they're saying online. Can you believe the economy? Oh, yeah, blah. There's no peace on the inside of you. There's no peace. And where there is unrest, where there is no peace, you cannot see what God has for you. Because you need to be in that still quiet place. Right? And so what we have to do is we have to go to the strongholds in the mind. And we have to get those things uprooted out of you. And then we've got to get the soil fertilized and whatever. And then we've got to plant the word of God on the inside of you. So that it can spring up and produce life. Look at the person next to you and tell him you're made from the dust of the ground. You're dirt. You're a dirt bag. And seeds grow on the inside of you. Any seed will grow in you. You can put any seed in the ground and it'll grow, right? But if the condition of the soil isn't right, certain seeds will not grow. But weeds will grow in any soil. Weeds will grow in anything. Hard ground, weeds will come out of that thing. doesn't matter. Weeds grow in anything. But if you want to have fruit and flowers and stuff, there's special soil that that grows in. It's called good ground. It's fertile soil. And you've got to make sure that your heart is good ground so that the things God wants to grow will produce. If your ground isn't good, weeds and stuff will spring up. It just comes up. Like, where did those weeds come from? They're just there. You have to be intentional about planting what you want, 
But weeds will grow if you don't take care of the ground. And so, you know, we read in the book of John that God is a father. And Jesus says, unless you're in, in the vine, then you cannot produce any fruit. So we have to be rooted and grounded in God. And as we're producing, God prunes us. But if we're not in Him yet, then God will find brand new ground, brand new territory. He will rip the weeds and the thorns and the thistles and everything out of the ground. And He'll prepare the ground for something brand new to grow. Something that has never existed before. And there's things that God wants to produce through your life that have never existed in your life before. But we need to plant the Word of God. We need to get the heart clean. We need to be good ground so that when God speaks to us, what He plants in us will spring up and produce life. But it's not going to be planted until you're prepared. Look at the person next to you and tell them, you got some work to do in getting your heart clean so that God can sow some things into you that will produce life and life more abundantly. So while I was getting ready for this this morning, some revelation popped on the inside of me. And so I'll just tell you, it's not perfect, but I'll just tell you anyway. So while I was getting this stuff ready, when, when, when God created the earth, His intention was to create the human race. Look around the room. You were God's intention. And to the first man and the first woman, he actually created a factory to reproduce physical bodies. Men and women together are a factory that produce physical bodies that God can put himself into. Okay, but check this out. This is crazy. In the first man, Adam, was Eve. Eve came out of him, because God put man to sleep, and out of the man, he took the woman. He took a man that had a womb in it, a womb man, woman. See those two words? These conjunction word things that they put together in the Bible are amazing. Who would have thought that a womb and a man makes a woman? And then guys go, whoa. Guys, have you guys seen, like, like, I want you to just picture your dream car right now. What color is it, Nick? So what car is it? Aston Martin. What happens when you stand in front of that thing? It's one thing to see a picture online. What happens when you stand in front of that car when it's right in front of it? What, what do you feel? What do you do? Hearts racing. You go like, whoa, man. God built a woman that would make a man go, whoa, man, when she's standing right in front of him. And so in the man wasn't just Eve, it was the entire human race. Think about this. This is what hit me this morning. The fullness of who God is, His nature, His goodness... He wanted to display in the world. And so he needs, he needs generations of people 
to put pieces of himself into them so that he could display the fullness of who he is. Because one person cannot display the fullness or express the fullness of who God is. But what happened in the garden was the family line of Adam got corrupted. So the glory of God could no longer be displayed through mankind. And that's where sin entered into the earth. And that's where destruction began to come. But in the incorruptible seed of Christ, the Melchizedek, the high priest of God that cannot be corrupted, in his lineage is the manifold wisdom of God that will be displayed through the church. So through us, God wants to take pieces and parts of himself and put it in us so that we can display his glory to the world. Every one of us have a different aspect of God that we reveal to those around us. So when you get into Christ, Christ imparts gifts into people, and those gifts begin to shine through men. That is the life of God through you. So are you displaying the character and the life and the nature and the glory of God that God's trying to reveal through who you are? But if you don't know who you are in Him, you'll never reveal who He is in you. It's better than just reading scriptures, right? And so what happens is the enemy comes to put stuff in you to divide you from who you are in God. He wants to clog the well up so you, you can't see who you are. And what we have to do is we have to unblock the well so you get a clearer picture of who you are in God. And so we have to deal with strongholds in your mind. We have to deal with these things that are in your mind that are telling you that you're something that you're not. It's called deception. It is actually Satan, the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those so they cannot see the light of the glory of God. So when you can't see who you are, you can't reflect because you can't see it. So we have, to take the, we have to take the lens off so that you can see clearly, and then you just shine. So the primary position of the man in the household is to be before God. When God breathed the breath of life into man, and he became a living person, the dust turned into living being. He opens his eyes, and the first thing he sees is his father's face. So as men, not just men, Eve was in man at the time. So both men and women have to be in the presence of God. That's our place. That's our position. We're supposed to walk in the garden with God so that he can show us who we are as sons and daughters of the Most High God. Right? Everybody with me? This is this relationship that we have with our Heavenly Father. So, all right, that's done. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 6. And I believe this is the new living, I mean, this is the new King James, but you can put up whatever we've got. It says, Apostle Paul speaking, For we, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. 
Look at the person next to you and tell them the pulling down of strongholds is not getting in an airplane and flying over the city and casting down devils from the heavenlies. It's not you getting in your little prayer group and pulling down Satan from the heavenlies. Because Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. He's already fallen. He's already under your feet because you're in Christ Jesus. So the devil is actually under your feet. If you believe the devil is above you, you're in trouble. I am in Christ. I'm seated in Christ at the right hand of the Father with all authority and all power. And all things are under my feet. That's why the Antichrist cannot reveal himself until the church is taken out of the planet. Because the devil is under our feet. The devil doesn't have any power, guys. This is what you need to understand. The only power he has is deception, which brings self-destruction. He just gets you to destroy yourself. And so the pulling down of strongholds, it tells us in verse 5, casting down arguments and every high thing that tries to exalt itself above the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So this is about your mindset. The power God has given you is to take thoughts captive that try to raise up a standard against what God says. But if you don't know what God says, then the enemy has a standard already in you. And when you read the Word of God and you realize, oh, wait a minute, that's not how things are. You're actually under my feet. I'm going to take this thought captive because it's a lie, and I'm going to put it where it belongs. And I'm not going to let that exalt itself above the Word of God in my own mind. Are you with me? You see, when you grab the thoughts that are trying to tell you that you're not who God says you are, and you put them under your feet, now you have authority over those thoughts. But the minute you let that thought exalt itself above who God says you are, now that thing has taken you captive and it becomes a stronghold in your mind, and now you're under the enemy. And then along with it comes fear, depression, anxiety, sickness, disease, and all that other junk. The key to getting you fixed is taking authority over the thoughts in your head that is deception that is destroying your life. Are you with me? So this comes in so many ways. And guys, this is a constant thing where you have to weed the garden and you have to keep it free from weeds. Because if you don't keep it free from this droppings and the seeds and the different things that drop into the soil. You know, the birds come and poop and they, they ate some cactus. And then suddenly you've got cactus growing in your brain. You know what I'm talking about. Did that make sense? People are going to come along and they're going to crap all over you. And the seeds that they've sown into you are going to spring up and produce all kinds of crazy thoughts in your brain. And so what you have to do is daily you have to clean these things up. And you have to measure it against what the Word of God says so that you don't allow things to grow in you that are lies, that are deception. Because the minute it takes root and it springs up, eventually it's going to produce fruits. 
And your garden, your ground will grow any type of weed. Trust me. So whatever you open your eyes to and your ears to and you accept as seed is going to grow in you. And out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth is going to speak. So you're going to begin to establish things by the words of your mouth. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Those that love it will eat its fruit. So if I'm going to start speaking death and the enemy, then I'm framing the world that I'm going to begin to live in. Because your words have power. Amen? So what we have to do is we have to ask the Lord to show us the things in our minds that we believe and are now in our hearts. That we believe these things. We have to expose the lies. We have to uproot the thing and we have to burn it so that we're free. Amen? And so strongholds come in many different ways. But let's say, for instance... I just used this analogy on Wednesday night. Let's say you have a traumatic thing that hit your life. Your mom and dad got divorced. Or um, one of your parents died. Or you were taken from your home. Maybe both your parents were taken. Whatever the case may be. That is a traumatic moment in your life. The enemy can use that moment to begin to lie to you. You know, the minute somebody dies that's close to you, you were like, you start introspecting. Well, if I had done this, then maybe it wouldn't have happened. Or if maybe I had done that, then the situation. So what happens is you begin to analyze everything, and then it starts becoming uh, self-centered. And then all of a sudden, you start blaming yourself and taking on a burden that doesn't belong to you. And before you know it, you're now taken captive by something. That's a stronghold in the mind. You're driving down the road. Like a stronghold would be, my parents didn't love me. If you don't believe your parents loved you, then you feel like you're an orphan and they didn't care. And so now you're just a nobody. These are all seeds that grow up to produce things that take us captive. Are you with me? You're driving down 95 and you skid off the road and your hydroplane, you go into the trees. It happened to Selena. Well, for a season there, she was afraid to drive in the rain. Why? Because you're terrified of the trauma you had, will it happen again? And so let's say somebody hurts you, somebody stole from you, somebody did something to stab you in the back. We now put up a guard against those people. Who knows what I'm talking about? So we judge them. Every time we see them, we're like on guard with them like, ooh, I don't know if I trust that guy. Right? Why? Because you're keeping record of wrong. And the Bible tells us that the love of God doesn't keep record of wrong. So the minute that you keep record of a wrong somebody did to you, you're in judgment against them. Are you with me? So these are little things. But all of these little things added up begin to clog the heart. And now the river of God isn't, can't flow anymore because you've got all this stuff going around on the inside of you. Not to mention the struggles with children, the issues with people, and all of this stuff that you have to deal with at work. Are you with me? And so family, it's very, very important that you keep your heart clean. It's very, very important that we, that we guard our hearts. Proverbs chapter 3, and then I'm done. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 says, Guard your hearts above all else, for it determines the course of your life, or from it flow the springs of life. The life of God will not flow out of you if it's clogged with a bunch of junk. Amen? 
So what I want to do today is I want to pray with you, right? I want to ask that the Lord would begin to reveal things that are on the, on the inside of you and show you the stuff that you need to take captive. Because if you can't see an enemy, how do you overcome the enemy, right? What's happening in this service today is there's an anointing coming on you. The light of God is shining in you. And suddenly, even while I was cleaning some ADVs this week, I got revelation from the Lord. The Lord can show you things while you're at work. It depends where your mind is, though. If my mind was on, I can't believe I have to clean these damn things. Where are all the staff members? We should get the kids out here. They're the ones that wrote it. Your mind can go down that road into whining, complaining because it's hot. Because you know what? I'm here out here by myself. What's Mike doing? What's Selena doing? Are they really? They could be out here helping me. They're just sitting in the air conditioning. Your mind can go down a road. But if your mind in the midst of whatever it is that you're doing is on the Lord, the Lord will speak to you in the middle of that. And now the, the heat, and the, it's fun. Because you're getting revelation and you're coming alive in that moment. How are you looking at the work God has given you? Is it a joy? Are you doing it as unto the Lord? Or are you doing it to please people or prove something? Are you doing it for the paycheck? Or are you doing it, are you doing it in the spirit of, I love you, God, and thank you for the opportunity to clean these ATVs? Are you with me? It doesn't matter what job you're on. If you're in the presence, you'll be fine. Because you're doing it as unto the Lord. You're not doing it for the paycheck. They don't pay me enough. They don't pay me enough to do this. No, not with that attitude. But there's attitudes in you that the Lord needs to deal with too. Those are some weeds. Attitudes are weeds. And there's some attitudes we picked up from our parents, attitudes that we pick up from the people we hang around. Do you know that you can carry somebody else's bitterness? So let's say somebody attacks my wife, and she comes home and she says to me, or my daughter, somebody says something to my daughter, the coach or whatever, right? She comes home and she's telling me what the coach did. Dad now gets the same bitterness that was in the daughter, deposited in him, except dad's a little stronger than daughter. Dad has guns. You see? So you can take on somebody else's bitterness. Your wife can come home. Or your husband can come home and complain about what's going on at work. And now suddenly you're upset with the people he works with and you've never met them before. And then when you see them, you throw them the stank face. Oh, you're the one he was talking about. Are you with me? And these are all things that go into the heart that, that we need to clean up. Can I get an amen? All right, so can you see where we're going over the summer? We've got to get you clean so that the life of God can flow through you.